Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Things I thought could never happen. Me in a punk band? What? <laughs> we are Lady Parts, a new original comedy streaming only on Peacock. A confused mix of hash anthems and sour girl power. Syrah, vocals, Aisha, drummer, Bismar, bassist, Mumtaz, band manager, and me, Amina, lead guitar. You were really good until you puked all over the front row. Ew. We are Lady Parts. All episodes streaming now. Only on Peacock. Once again, will the renegade master D4 damage us? Power to the people's back. Once again, will the renegade master D4 damage us? The ill behaviors back. Once again, will the renegade master D4 damage us? Power to the people's back. Once again, will the renegade master D4 damage us? The ill behaviors back. Hello, my name is Dave Hanready and there will be no encore. Welcome to season three. We are back once again, like the Renegade Master, with the Renegade Master. Beat Boy Damager. I feel like we people. are the Renegade Masters at this I point. certainly am. Craig Fitzpatrick. David Hanready, how are you? You good? I'm okay, man. I've got a mild chest infection. Oh, you do, do you? Well, I'm getting over the flu. <laughs> like enough. an actual flu, so. Colm Regan, how are you doing? Sickness is weakness. Uh, that's the sound of peak human performance on Mike Tree right there. There is no sick, in the, in the words of Vince McMahon, uh, the ultimate carny. But uh, did he actually say that? There is no sick. Apparently, he, someone once sneezed in a production meeting in WWE and uh, took the day off the next day and was promptly fired and was told that there is no sick. Yeah, yeah. Well, Vince hates uh, sneezing as well because it's involuntary. He can't control it. Yeah, and he sleeps so he like two hours a night or something. Yeah. Yeah. If you wondered if we probably upside down. Yeah, if you wondered, well. that I wonder how he pulls it all off. The wrestling. The wrestling content is back for now, Encore Season 3. Um, shout out to our brother, Joshua Hughes, who's currently on a flight home from Japan, oh, yeah. having spent two weeks going around wrestling, dragging his girlfriend to wrestling events yeah. and getting liquored up. But uh, yeah, Happy New Year, by the way, to all of our listeners. Yes, yeah. New, old, indifferent. <laughs> I hope it was a good one, and I really hope that 2018 is good to you, and I hope it's good to us as well, guys. And uh, we're going to go on the road pretty sharpish in 2018. As we've already said in the show, but we'll say it once more, we're hitting up Cork, Culmoregan country, on um, the 3rd of February for the Quarter Block Party Festival. That's in, right. In the Roundy. Mm-hmm. Is it round? 
uh, it curves, yeah. It's not an absolute circle, but lies. Curves, yeah. The whole okay. thing is unraveling. I might, um, I might pull out of this event. No, no, no. It's worth a look, don't worry. And it's also worth down to Cork if you have no plans on that particular weekend, because uh, the festival has a pretty decent lineup. Um, our friend Bad Bones, uh, who's been a guest on the show, uh, is playing Oh Emperor, their first gig in ages. Uh, Tandem Felix, complete with roving reporter Dave Tapley, age 27, <laughs> uh, will be in attendance. Um, so yeah, plenty to check out across the weekend. Uh, so do pop by and say hello if you're in town. Yeah, I think we're on in the afternoon, but we get to nail it down. I haven't sent out the rider request yet, so <laughs> we'll see what happens. Very good. Uh, yeah, also back on the show, we'll have the revisit. That will return soon. We recorded an episode recently. Uh, 1980, I think, is the year in question, if I'm, my memory serves me. Like I said, I'm a bit under the weather, so I'm not entirely sure. But that'll be out soon. But this is the very first episode of Season 3. The 94th episode in total, not counting revisit episodes. It's getting mm-hmm. a bit confusing now, isn't it? Love it. And uh, yeah, we're going to... We're going through some changes, guys. Not the change, thankfully, because we're not we're not menopausal. Yeah, no, not yet. We could have, still have baby podcasts in the future, but there will be some changes. Jesus, uh, guys, mild cosmetic surgery, <laughs> yeah. I would say. But you know, let's start with what we usually start with, and that's the news. The news. Yes, all the news that's fit to print, and some of which uh, from over Christmas, because, you know, it's kind of a roundup thing. But yeah, basically we'll, this week we've kind of got to cover everything that we missed. Yeah, but we we'll were. start with something that's pretty much fresh, okay? Uh, Tuesday, just gone. Justin Timberlake, the long-awaited man himself, announced the release of his new album, Man of the Woods. Yeah, it's, he's coming out of the wilderness, <laughs> quite literally, apparently. <laughs> it's such a bizarre title. Like I say, it sounds like it's going to be part of a series where he's next Man of the Sea, and then yeah. Man of Fire, and... Man of Tomorrow. Then he reveals himself as the Zodiac Wait, Killer at the end of it. I don't know. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's it's a bit weird, but he has confirmed some of the details about this album, which comes out pretty soon. It features his previous collaborators, the Neptunes and Timbaland, as well as collaborations with Alicia Keys and country artist Chris Stapleton. Now, Cullum, as yes, a resident country... Raconteur? Like, how do you feel about this Chris Stapleton fella? Well, they've collaborated for quite a while. Uh, I think it was Country Music Awards years ago. If not, it was the American Music Awards or something big anyway, where yeah. they played together on stage, kind of stole the show. And uh, they've been buds since, so it, it probably makes sense. I think nobody was particularly surprised to see him involved. And now, is Chris Stapleton one of these kind of, you know, beer-in-the-headlights kind of guys? No, or? no, no, no. He'd be beer, but not necessarily. <laughs> but not headlights. No, he wouldn't, be, he wouldn't be much of a bro-country guy. He's far more traditional. In fact, he's proper, kind of like, you know, big shaggy beard and long hair and, yeah, your grand okay. like. I wonder, is Justin rocking a big shaggy beard and long hair now? Is Have you not seen the, the video uh, that accompanies this of him walking through a cornfield with a baby Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he looks quite trim and... Yeah, well he put looks, together, immaculate as always, and yeah. handsome. As he's he always does. kind of had a rustic side, though. Remember, he had the Canadian tuxedo with Britney, the whole yeah, yeah. everything denim look back but in the early two thousands, which is, never he, took off. As he a is look. a Tennessee boy, like so. Yeah, yeah. He okay. is actually. Yeah. Well, the first song is out now because it's out in the same day as the podcast dropping, right. and it's called "Filthy." And uh, presumably just about getting clattered in muck as he walks through <laughs> the titular yeah. woods, yeah, it's I like guess. cattle yeah. wrangling or something. Yeah, <laughs> written and produced by Timberlake, Timberland, and Danger, along with James Fauntleroy and. Lawrence Dobson so you know we're expecting big things we haven't heard it yet so who knows how it sounds hopefully it's good but I want to talk about the press release go on because the press release is tremendous now I have cultivated some highlights from this press release with a fine tooth comb much like I was going through a cornfield in my own mind Man of the Woods marks Timberlake's most ambitious album to date, both sonically and lyrically, combining the sounds of traditional American rock with the modern influences of collaborators The Neptunes, Timbaland, Chris Staples and Alicia Keys. This new material explores storytelling inspired by his son, 
his wife and his personal journey from Memphis to where he is today. Red flags, red flags right there, lads. Yeah. The first time I read this, I was really in the depths of the flu and I just assumed his son was called Memphis and I was like, oh no, wait, that's where he's from. Uh, yeah, there's lots of red flags here. Well, before um, you carry on, what, what I want to say is, I mean, like the, the whole storytelling inspired by his wife and son, I mean, the 2020 experience, part two of two, yes. is one of the worst albums anyone's made in the last six or seven years. And there's a song at the end of it, I think it's like a bonus track, and it's called Pair of Wings. And it's just in terms of like talking about That's Jessica Biel. Good. Acoustic, very Disney-like rubbish thing. And the, it's like, and then we'll fly away on a big old pair of wings. And it's just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Has there, there aren't that many classic records based on just how great it is with your wife and your kid, really, are there? I can't think of too many. I can't think of too many, no. Metal Machine kind of music contented, by, by, by moving Reed, into no. middle-aged, successful dude wants to tell the world about it. Life of Pablo? Kind of? Uh, if I fuck this model and I get bleach on my t-shirt <laughs> and... Yeah, yeah don't finish it, don't finish it. Uh, back to the press release, though. Excuse the expletive there, new listeners. Following Filthy and leading into the February 2nd Man in the Woods album launch, so the day before we go to Cork, so we'll have something to listen to on the bus down. And more to the point, notably, two days before the Super Bowl, which is why this album should have come as no surprise to anybody. Ah, yes. Ah, there we go. So, yeah, he's going to have three additional music videos, each with their own individual style and colour from three different directors. Now, you know, he can call on directors, though, because according to this press release, Timberlake is a gifted actor. He has appeared in diverse films, including Alpha Dog, Black Snake Moan, and Shrek the Third. How are those the ones you lead with? <laughs> he won strong reviews for his performance in Oscar-nominated The Social Network, which he was great in, by the way. Mm-hmm. His other credits include Bad Teacher, Friends of Benefits, in Time, Inside Lewin Davis, Runner Runner, Trolls, and Wonder Wheel. I've never heard of the last one. Inside yeah. Lewin Davis is a phenomenal film, although he's barely in it. And the other one's not so good. You yeah. didn't like Trolls, no? Where well, he made his long-awaited musical comeback, and we talked about it on the podcast. Can't stop the feeling, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Which was a big hit. Real talk. Real talk, guys, come on, yeah. Real talk. I think we're all probably big fans of Future Sex Love Sounds. Yeah, justifies yeah. good album. I yeah, I like this. Yeah, I like this. Twenty twenty um, experience part out, one so has some good songs. Like mirrors is a bit of a belt there, and blue ocean four. You're not good. a fan of um, rock your body. No, not really. Like see, I think his like the, that stuff. early yeah. Neptune stuff. That's why I'm excited to see them working again with him. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a definite talent, and when he nails it, he really does. So, and what's more, he seems to be willing to, you know, bend and to kind of change things depending on who he's working with. It's, yeah, it, it's not one of those things where he's like this auteur, and no matter who's producing him, he's gung-ho in what he's doing so that's what I'm kind of interested to see oh my some of the clips from that teaser trailer sound sonically interesting to me so yeah yeah. I mean when he's kind of walking around like some sort of really really well-groomed Bonnie Vare you're just like I wonder what's going to come yeah. from this I should also know? point out that everything has to sound sonically like something so that was a bit reductive sorry mm. I'm concerned I think it's either going to be fucking brilliant yeah, yeah. or absolutely terrible <laughs> There will be no in-between. Honestly, you see, that's one of the really interesting things. Like, I think it could be. I think there could be absolute bangers here and then others that are just an absolute mess. I can see a scenario where a song that he makes with Timbaland or the Neptunes, like, it's kind of sprinkled with their magic and he does what they do best, so to speak. Yeah. Whereas then he makes another song which is just like a piano ballad dirge and it just doesn't work at all. You know what I'm thinking? Content. Content for the podcast. We will talk about it regardless. Well, this, is what I was gonna, this is what I was going to say. I'm thrilled that <laughs> Strap it's out. Strap in, but, audience. But I'm thrilled that it's out on the 2nd of February because it's been a slow start to the year already, well, guys. Well, yeah. You know, people are still on their holidays. So yeah, he's already given us, you know, an album to discuss. So thanks, Justin. Thanks, Justin. Let's hope it's good. Merry Christmas.
Uh, Bono made the headlines uh, while we were off, uh, and surprised it has not been for good reasons. When was the last time Bono made a headline for a positive reason? It's hard to remember. Uh, this particular one came about because, uh, speaking to the Rolling Stone, he claimed music has gotten very girly. And there's some good things about that, but hip-hop is the only place for young male anger at the moment, and that's not good. Managing to offend women and black men in the same sentence. Very good. Yeah. Good work, Bono. He's saying things again. This is a case of Bono always trying to have, like, a narrative like every time a new album comes out or something he's trying to like here's the story here's where and where do i fit into where music's at right now and for a while now he's been talking about hip-hop which has been kind of making me feel uneasy but he's he's spoken about this kind of of connection where he looks at um like how he's compared himself and you know other kind of rock and roll greats and talked about how he lost his mother at a very early age and like to john lennon and just lots of other kind of rock figures that have this kind of missing person then he turned to hip-hop and it's like well there's been a lot of absent fathers and I guess he's because he's you know a lot of black families that seems to be the case according to Bono um, and he thinks yes this is there's this anger there there's this kind of you know young male kind of pain there and that links rock and hip hop and this has been his thesis that he's been talking about and now he suddenly decided that that very masculine thing is central to rock and roll and music in general and he's really picked a bad moment to suddenly bring it up and call music girly yeah um yeah look i'll be perfectly honest and say that most of the time when we hear these quotes and god knows we did enough kind of like radio over rock reports over the years and stuff it's usually a veteran rocker who starts you know mentioning it's always either hip-hop or sometimes like edm electronic music and they're like you know that's the cutting edge now guitar bands just don't have it anymore it's a it's a good it's a, there are no good guitar bands yeah. anymore statement. And you know, I, I'm sorry, I wouldn't mind, but like songs of experience, where's the righteous anger there? I know, It's yeah. just him talking about love and trying to have a hit. But what's more <laughs> on this? I'm just like, I can't even really tell what he's trying to get at. <laughs> You know, mo- most of the time, like, I'm not going to be like a Bono apologist, but I can at least see what he maybe was trying to say. Yeah, and then he just bonified it, yeah. Yeah, but with this, I, I got nothing, like, I-, I really don't. I mean, as his poster boy, he holds up Eddie Vedder I was of Pearl say, Jam. Yeah. Eddie's got yeah. the rage. Eddie has that rage, guys. Eddie has that rage. Does he? Yeah, nice I, guy, I, Eddie. I thought in, about this. Yeah. I thought about this. I think he does. Uh, I Still? loved. No, I, I loved Pearl Jam when I was younger. I was a big, big fan, and I found myself initially going, "That's not true at all." And then I was like, "Nah." To be fair, he was very pissed off for a very long time, and he channeled it very well. I haven't even heard the last Pearl Jam album because I've just fallen out of step with them and Eddie Vedder himself. But like again. It doesn't help Bono's old man Chester Cloud rock dinosaur thing. To, yeah, he to also go mentions the, the who, who I think are the most overrated of those kind of classic English rock bands. No, the Hot who take twenty eighteen crazy. I'm sorry, here, I'm right? saying it right. The who not great. I like the who to be fair, like, but. A, like a handful of tunes. But why are they held up there with the likes of Led Zeppelin and stuff? Roger Daltrey, really? No, I'm with you, that Greg. Guy? I'm with you. Bono says you need to find a place for it and guitars. Anger. Uh, he says when he was 16, he had a lot of anger in him, in him as well. Whether it's a drum machine, I don't care. The moment something becomes preserved, it's fucking over. You might as well put it in formaldehyde. In the end, what is rock and roll? And that's but it's a, also this really weird thing where like women can't have anger. Yeah, it's bizarre. And I don't know. Again, but <laughs> see, so like, okay, well, the crux of this is that like he's using the word girly and I know a, yeah. as a derogative, and, and you know what? And he's, it's like girly equals bad. Like, like he might as well call it gay, and also you know, like, gay equals bad. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's a ridiculous, archaic, strange thing to but say. But also, he's what 
in his well pushing 60 and it was probably within maybe an hour-long conversation and he just said the word girly probably grasping for a better word and now it's in print he wasn't pushed on it though the journalist should have yeah, pushed him and yeah. didn't because it's one of those things where if you get an audience of bonnie you have to acquiesce and also what i would say is it's a really sad indictment and it's uh, of glamour magazines putting him on the women of the year women list the year, only yeah. 13 months prior <laughs> i forgot about that, that a decision that, that was is amazing a decision that has aged incredibly well <laughs> see, I, 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 I guess that's it you see he knew his year was over it was 13 months finally he was counting down he was sitting finally, there in early I, november to say. pacing around the room oh. just going these bloody women i'm gonna i'm gonna have them once this is over i forgot that that's but also amazing. to be fair like well, not, not, not to be fair to bollocks i think he's i think he's being unfair i mean in the instance in the aftermath of this I mean, I'm seeing a lot of people get pissed off, and that's good. They should, uh, and I, I wouldn't say don't. But I think it's one of those things where it's like, well, like I mean, like, does, like he really affected? Like, does it matter? Is he relevant? I don't think he is. And it's you know, yeah, it is. It's clumsiness. It's Bono being a bit annoying, but he's well intentioned. You know, as much as he can be annoying, I, I mean, don't. I, I think saw he, you know, I saw Bitch Falcon. You know, who were fans of on the show, and they were like, come, you know, come to a gig that isn't your own for for once in a while. And I think that was a, a pretty kind of funny and accurate thing to say. And like Bitch Falcon, I, I found a lot more interesting than I found you too in terms of new musical output. I mean, like it's. Like I don't want to now list a bunch of female artists because I, I, I don't think I should have to. Like I mean, I, there are incredible female artists out there who are making infinitely more interesting music than you two. Ditto the hip hop genre. Like women and hip hop have left you two in the dust, and, yeah. I, and I think that that's plain to see. And this almost uh, strikes me as someone who is like, oh shit, songs of experience didn't really do as well as we wanted to, I better just say something. Yeah, although I suppose going back to something that we have said before is that, you know, like when you get to this age, uh, not only is it Bono's contemporaries who are often going to be calling the shots in terms of kind of like major labels, in terms of major publications and stuff like that, you know, people his age are not going to be coming across a lot of the more interesting music that are out there. So he's essentially just kind of like fawning after a bygone era, which is why early Pearl Jam and The Who are, are the examples that he's falling back on for the sort of the archetype of what music now should be. Yeah. Uh, well, one kind of young female artist who definitely was, you know, part of the music conversation at the end of the year in a lot of kind of uh, top 20 lists. Not ours, because it was kind of split on melodrama, but Lord was there thereabouts, and she's caused some controversy as we kind of went over the festive period. Uh, she was due to play Israel, um, which is, of course, um, a very contentious issue at the moment. We've talked a lot about Radiohead and their decision to play there, Nick Cave. She decided that she was going to pull out, but in the wake of that, a full-page advert has been placed in the Washington Post calling Lord a bigot, and this was a week after New Zealand-born singer cancelled that concert. So the ad in the 31st uh, of December edition, right before New Year, was placed by an outspoken rabbi um, criticising the 21-year-old for joining a global anti-Semitic boycott of Israel while still performing in Russia. You know what? Here is pretty much the... mirror image of that Bono story where, you know, once you reach a certain age and a certain stage of your career, uh, the impact that you have is lessened or greatened by um, the attention that you get. Nobody is taking out full-page ads to quarrel with Roger Waters yeah, or yeah, yeah. indeed with Morrissey. But Lord, th- this is an in. That's a good point, yeah. This is like a, a red-hot 21-year-old prospect who is huge across social media and blah, blah, blah. And these are the sort of uh, battlegrounds that that people want. You have to wonder, though, in the advertising department that day of that newspaper, are you like, 
Do we do, do we this? Do, I was going to say. Like, it just seems a bit strange. Yeah, like, I no? mean, you know, times are Money difficult talks, yeah. for, for print media. Um, I'm not Take sure. Take can guess. Like, uh, I imagine it's all freedom of speech stuff it, when it, you're putting it in the Washington Post yeah, as well. Yeah, um, it ran with the headline, Lord, and New Zealand ignore Syria to attack Israel. <laughs> New Zealand was probably like... What did, what did I do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just New Zealand. Personal. I'm nice. Uh, but yeah, by all accounts, um, this rabbi dude seems to be a very kind of... You mean uh, America's big, rabbi? Yeah. He's America's rabbi? Yeah, he's, yeah, he claims he's America's rabbi. He's very kind of self-promotional. Um, he's kind of form for a lot of this stuff. Um, he was widely criticized in 2015 for a similar full-page advert in the New York Times accusing Barack Obama's then National Security Advisor of turning a blind eye to the Rwandan genocide. So, um, outspoken, probably not someone you want to engage in too much conversation. I wouldn't think so. <laughs> um, probably best to let it go. But Lord, um, for her, like on her behalf, when she was cancelled gig, she had I've had a lot of discussions with people holding many views, and I think the right decision at this time is to cancel the show. I'm not too proud to admit I didn't make the right call on this one. Um, we don't hear a lot from major artists. Well, you know, she did previously apologise for all white people everywhere. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> calm down. And it must be tough though when you're like of 21. Course. Yeah, and absolutely. Suddenly, yeah. And like she had a tweet where she was like, "I hope one day we can all dance," which sounds something Bono would say. Oh like, yeah. Incidentally. <laughs> Uh, I, I hope we can all dance as well, Lord. Preferably to a better album than. And your I'd also album. like to buy the world a coke. Oh, gee, okay. Yeah, there. Jesus, right. Fair enough. Well, we're throwing um, out, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, okay. Like, I fear we're getting a bit too heavy at this stage, so let's jazz it up. Woo! Funk it up with a bit of a tune. That was Uptown Funk, a song that I now like some three years after its release. Okay, was there a turning point? Was there a major... Yes, there was, and Colin knows what it is. Was it Will Osprey dancing to it? And Ryan Smile, <laughs> the Uptown Funkers at Over the Top Wrestling. Oh, wow, excellent. <laughs> Got me on board. Uh, so basically, yeah, why are we talking about Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars' 2014 chart smash Uptown Funk? Well, I'll tell you why, listener, because they're being sued again. It's a subject of a yet another new copyright infringement lawsuit. Uh, a hip-hop trio known as The Sequence, who actually were quite a pioneering group in the day. They were the first uh, all-female hip-hop trio kind of of their time. And, right. and, and the, this song, when it was released, was like the first time like the, a single by a female hip-hop trio, or a hip-hop group, rather, had been put out. It was on Sugar Hill Records. So they allege that Uptown Funk sounds too much like this. So that's Funk You Up by The Sequence, and like I say, this is just the latest song to come along and be compared to it and basically be like, yeah, give us money please, you ripped us off. What do you think? It, like, if it's true, and if all the other claims were true, it would be a real Frankenstein's monster of a song, wouldn't it? It's it, just oh, been, it's getting ridiculous at this point. It's like, you know, stop it, it's already dead. It's already stopped making royalties. Um, no, I don't hear any real similarities, except for the fact that they're both funk. Yeah, well, the, the funk you up bit, I mean, you know, makes Oh, it come on, obvious. really? 
Uh, I was saying that back in the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> Too hot? Hot damn. Uh, I saw someone say, uh, this is that pastiche, that knockoff. That I, was like, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like, should Billy Joel sue for because he had up Uptown Girl? Like, like uh, or Billy Joel? Well, Billy we know Joel? Who, we know who's we'll side, never know. We know whose side Craig is on, anyway. We certainly do. Advertising masters. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, mean I'm, what, I always side with the money. What um, I will say is that, I mean, like, I've always been a fan of the song, to be fair. I recognised it from the start as being, you know, just, like, so insanely catchy that you frankly can't deny it. And it's something that, you know, we discussed last year that, you know, a good pop song one of the things that makes it is that it's going to sound familiar. It's a victim of its own success, is and, what you're saying. Yeah, and part, well, yeah, but part of the thing of sounding familiar is that you may well sound like a lot of people who've gone before. It's a victim of taking from other songs, which is what you're saying. <laughs> 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 yeah. Not really, not proven in court or anything like that. There's about eight or um, nine writers on this track, and I think Bruno Mars is down for production, so he's probably just like, leave me out of this, would you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I know I'm the face well, of it. Well, there was but. that amazing Blurred Lines thing when it went to court, and like... <laughs> Everyone just went. Robin uh, Dick was just Dick, like, mate. I don't remember recording it. I was yeah. out of my mind. And like Pharrell, Pharrell was like, "Not hey, do with me, I'm mate." Stick my name Not to with me. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Ti was like, "I just showed up for the video." Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think Robin, uh, yeah. uh, care of Robin Thick, is who you want to talk to there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay. I think if you know whatever, whatever else, Uptown Funk is in fact a banger. So, Without a doubt. Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. just not making money for anybody anymore. For the sake of music. And, you know, music is that thing that's always going to be, you know, like cannibalizing itself and stuff. I, this madness has to end, I think, right? <laughs> I'm sick of these stories constantly. Take out a full page just... ad in the Washington Times, Craig. <laughs> this madness Ireland's has to rabbi, end. Craig Patrick. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you want madness, folks, we have a shock coming up in just a few minutes. But first. Word from our sponsors. Magic is real. It's contained within an app. Put your feet up and watch Peking Duck appear with just a tap. Magic is pizza tacos. Savoy fish and chips. Shish kebab. And spicy crispy chicken strips. Download the Just Eat app and order food for delivery. Yeah, so new year, new us. Dave, we're jazzing it up. I have an announcement. Take it away, Ozzy and Kelly Osborne. That's right, it's that changes gag I made earlier on. Because we're going through some changes. Have you heard the original? It used to be a good song. I know, they ruined it. Yeah. That song is horrendous. Okay, yeah. but, you know, songs of the week is what we would normally be discussing at this point in the show, but we're not doing that no anymore. No more. Not anymore. We're moving it up. Our act three is being brought forward as our act two. And as a matter of fact, we're talking about albums now. <laughs> it's the album review section. I think I've made it pretty clear. And because it's season three, well, we have to start with three albums. Whoa. That's right, folks. Going forward, every episode of No Encore, we'll be discussing three albums an episode. <laughs> well, what? I have to listen to three albums? Yes. I don't even like music at Do this point. We've that? done three. Yeah, okay. um, I'm just kidding. Oh, thank God. It's one up, ap- uh, one album per episode, hopefully. But yeah, so there's no new ones yet. So we decided what we would do is we would go and look at ones that we didn't get to at the end of 2017. Yeah, some heavyweight releases, and we picked out three heavyweight releases, and we're going to talk about them. Which one, Craig? Would you like to start with? I want to talk about uh, possibly washed up rapper, please. Eminem. <laughs> All right, sounds like this. I just feel like the person who I'm turning into irreversible. I prayed on you like it's church at the pew, and now that I got you, I don't want you. Took advantage of my thirst to pursue. Why do I do this dirt that I do? Get on my soapbox and preach my sermon and speech. Detergent and bleach is burning the womb. Cause now with her in the womb, we can't bring 
Later in this world to the new To use protection for I'm pitted to your forbidden fruit I've been Fuck. a liar, been a thief Been a lover, been a cheat Oh, my sins need holy water Feeling washing over me That was River off Eminem's revival And the clock starts now Yeah, this is sad This, <laughs> like, I mean, seriously The very last show of last year we were talking about Damn as our number one album of 2017. You guys compared it to a prize fighter being at his best, like either destroying somebody or toying with them, whatever he wanted to do. You said it was um, Mayweather versus McGregor. This is yeah. Ali Holmes. This is a shadow of his former self who ends up so humiliated that you're like... <laughs> no, that you, al- you almost wonder, God, was it ever that good 20 years ago? You know, maybe this is just my memory playing tricks on Yeah. Because it does sound awful. We're getting to that point. This was the UK's um, Christmas number one album. (laughs) And listening to this, yes, I did start thinking, was Eminem ever really that good? And I was also thinking, does Eminem actually like music? Because we know he likes rapping. we We know he likes words and stuff like that. But my God, the productions and the music and the backing on this is just so insipid. It's... Piano ballad after piano ballad. There's no connection anymore to hip-hop. Like, he doesn't do hip-hop. And you know what? I don't think he ever really did, going back to those early productions, which now, like, you know, the first couple of albums were classics, but they sound very dated now. He had less in, like, you know... He had less to do with hip hop, I think, than like the Beastie Boys as a white rapper. And but at least they were kind of strong songs. Here he's just moaning. He's paranoid. He's worried about his place as an MC. And while there's like flashes of great talent there, it's so overwrought, and he's thinking about it too much. Very little of it works. That's a huge part yeah. of the problem here because it's so on oh, back, and I'm taking back the crown. It serves to illustrate just how far he's fallen. Yeah, that you know he's comparing himself to the glory days, and you're like, not a chance. This is an astonishingly aggressively terrible album. Yeah. I found this so difficult to get through. I really, really struggled with listening to this in one go. I'm not sure I ever finished it from start to finish. <laughs> Doesn't I genuinely help that it's 18 minutes long, folks. So excessive, so self indulgent, and has nothing to say. It's literally a waste of time. It sounds awful, as you've said already. I don't know what he's doing with his vocal production anymore. It, this kind of came about when he had that weird. Uh, freestyle thing and then before that there was the other thing and it just I don't know what he's doing with his voice it sounds abysmal he has nothing left to say this is the example of a well not being dry it's fucking sank into the sea this is appalling I mean I, I don't even care about you know Ed Sheeran being on the album like I, like you might as well make some money but like this is uh, appalling I and mean, I also I mean like if I'm going to pick out songs here there's a song called Framed it might Frame. be yeah. it might be the worst song he's ever made and there's a long list that could go in there yeah, yeah. No, there is I've never rated Eminem as like the be all and end all I liked the first two albums when I was younger and when I was angrier fair enough you know I get it and he has tremendous dexterity and skill although that seems to be gone now this is the end of a career it's the nadir of a career and it's like I say it's a waste of time I, I can't listen to this it gives me a fucking headache do you think, uh, is there any way back from, like, I was thinking if he did a 444, just back to basics, proper productions with, like, a no ID, just a thought thing, where, but I don't even know if that'd work for him you, anymore. You see, yeah, because, like, on this record, even, I mean, there's songs where, you know, like, he kind of apologizes to Kim, basically, and takes responsibility for the problems they had in their relationship, that it was all on him, essentially. He apologizes to his daughter, Haley for bringing her into it so much back in the day. But, like, even they don't seem to work. 
like, let alone the fact they're undermined in plenty of other areas of the record, but they just, like, they're not good. And it's either that, A, he's not sincere, or B, he just doesn't have the ability to put across what he wants to. I've no reason to believe that it would be, A, all the signs point to B, that even if he had a desire to make a 444, I don't think he could. Yeah. Now, he's not helped by the fact that he's brought Rick Rubin in on on, 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 in. on on production, which is, yeah, like, this is the definition of a bloke who got big in the late 90s and was, like, taken out of cryogenically frozen <laughs> and just, like, asked, who do you want to produce your next record? Oh, Rick Rubin, I his finger's like Rick, on the pulse. I feel like Rick was in the garden just meditating while this was being put yeah, together by that, his, you know, lackeys. Yeah, that's, that's why we get samples from the Cranberries and Joan Jett. Oh, my God. Yeah, don't ruin yeah. don't, some don't life fucking ruin zombie by the cranberries yeah. for me please thanks Eminem but he's but lost no he's lost like, like he's lost his way he's lost his ability he's lost his punch he's lost his rhythm he's lost his ability to pick decent featured artists he's lost his ability to do solid production he's lost everything this he's is lost in puns terrible terrible middle-aged oh, the man comedy puns. the comedy is the dad puns. even when he's trying to be serious he, he just wonders himself so much swimming in the river egyptian river because i'm in denial at one point it's like he's written half these lyrics going through christmas crackers <laughs> It's amazing. What's the difference between a snowman and a snowwoman? Like <laughs> it's genuinely amazing how bad, like, like how bad this is. I mean, it, it, it's, if he, he, all I could think was, if he was my friend, I would be stepping in and being like, "Are you okay?" Again, this, like, this, this, the Ali Holmes you, thing. Like, why so, is this corner stopping this? Why aren't people who care about him saying, "Like, look, this is over." It's yeah. cry for help, and I don't want to hear it anymore. I mean, and the other thing, though, is that, like, and, you know, I suppose it's probably an indictment of how bad this record is and how few people truly care that there are, you know, what used to be Eminem's kind of, like, you know, hallmark or, you know, is a trademark of um, controversial moments where he, like, you know, he seems to compare himself to Bill Cosby at one point. There are kind of pussy-grabbing lyrics. There are all sorts of, you know, nonsense in that regard. And it just doesn't shock anymore and it's because everything else is so boring that yeah it's just falling apart okay that's our time zero out of ten i resent this album <laughs> two yeah. yeah i'll give it a two as well there's very very little that you could call uh in any way deserving music yeah. <laughs> all right <laughs> up next any or d please for be a bit better than this No, stop it. That's not true. While I'm in the dressing room, five minutes before I come out, my gloves are laced up. I'm breaking my gloves down. I'm, bro- I'm pushing the lever in the back of my gloves. I'm breaking the middle of the glove for my knuckle could pierce through the leg. I feel my knuckle. That was 1000 by Any D off the album No One Ever Really Dies featuring Future. Lots of Future collaborations on this record as well. Uh, long awaited for sure. Does Pharrell still have it? Do Any D still have it? They're having fun. Is it fun to listen to, Craig? Uh, yeah, it took a good few listens, but I'm very much on board with it now. Actually, it can, I, it, it's one of those whatever frame of mind you're in. I think sometimes it can be extremely annoying. Other times, it just kind of if you get into that Pharrell headspace on it, it 
totally works certainly it's better than their last kind of collective effort and nothing which just totally passed most well of the world but yeah pretty much and Pharrell's last solo outing uh, Girl which was just such like n- again nothingness just poppy drivel this is him actually trying to say something it's kind of playfully politicised um, but it's like if trip hop wasn't already a genre and a thing and like you know a very specific thing from like you know drizzly part of the UK this might be trip hop do you know what I mean it's that kind of psych pop take on old school kind of but futuristic Pharrell beats um Sometimes it's a bit smirking, but sometimes it's kind of blissfully good, I think. I I think when it's mixed with the sort of lyricism that we find on a lot of these tracks, though, it just doesn't really work for me. I'm all for juxtaposition. I mean, and even when it's kind of, you know, antagonistic, where you have two things that seem to be kind of pulling in opposite directions. But there's, you know, this is kind of like putting Biggie Smalls with Thomas the Tank Engine level of like, you know, oh, this is just pretty much... So a, genius is This what is pretty much a mashup. like. Well, no, but as in like, yeah, you have sort of like, and you're right, I mean, there is the sort of like, you know, garage influence from the UK almost at times, and others that sound like a kind of a hellscape Zumba class or something like that, but... <laughs> But meanwhile, but meanwhile, it's being right mi- but meanwhile, yeah. it's being mixed with sort of like you know police brutality, sort of railing against and stuff. And I just don't know if it like it could have been made in two separate soundproof proof studios. You this know, this feels like two separate albums. Uh, there's a complacency here and almost kind of just too. It's too relaxed. A uh, lack of focus, I would say. I think it starts off fairly promisingly. I think Lemon is a really good tune. Rihanna rapping, you know, obviously overblown, but still enjoyable to listen to. I like 1000 with Future. I, I, I think it's a, a song that's just so all over the place that I quite enjoy it. The rhythm on it is really, really infectious and fun. But, you know, when you get halfway through this album, it just goes off a cliff and it never comes back. It's so all over the place to the point where it's like, okay, lads, I get it. You're having a good You think time. there's a major second half drop-off, do you? It's or insane. Just, yeah. It's insane. I disagree. And as a matter of fact, a song, like, uh, back off, yeah. a song like Lightning, Fire, Magic, Prayer just never seems to end. Well, yeah. It, it, See, it, it, I actually no like the vibe on that one. Kites, Weirdly, I do. For eight minutes? Hang on. Kites with MIA, yeah. right? I've has, had the slew. Maybe I've just lost my mind. Kites with MIA has this weird uh, sample of something that... I swear to it, like, why is it here? It's just plain irritating to listen to. I even kind of half enjoyed the Ed Sheeran closer. Like the I was Ed Sheeran doing reggae. <laughs> yeah. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. Do you know what? This reminded me of what gorillas were trying to go for on humans, which was a bit of a, you know, state of the world address, but also combined with a bit of a party. Yeah, and, and that, that, that kind of intentionally thrown about sort of yeah, like it's, slightly it's, traumatized it's, it's messy form. on purpose. And I'm by no means saying there's any of kind of, the, you know, the Neptune's production, like it, it flashes of genius or greatness here. I just thought it was a decent listen. I mean, for me, the Neptune's about 2004, they could have just stopped. When they mm. figured out that Snoop sounded like that slide whistle on Drop It Like It's Hot. That is like a towering achievement in music history. They should have just ended their careers there. I agree. But they've kept going. I fully agree. And they've made this, and yeah, I don't mind listening to it. I mean, I think I think some of the guest slots are okay here. Like you say, Rihanna's great. Uh, I thought Kendrick's verse on Don't Do It is very strong. And then he's another verse on another song that isn't as good. Yeah, I think uh, Andre 3000 was a nice uh, addition yeah. along the way. Um, but 
maybe there's a little sign of something when we're kind of saying, yeah, Pharrell's bits aren't great. But listen to when he brings his friends in. They're not an album act. They're not. They're just no, not. They're no, not. no, no, no. Like, they're blatantly but, not. But I think this is the closest they've gotten to having uh, something that at least flows like an side album. Side A, maybe. Side B, fuck no. And I just, I don't, I don't see the point of this apart from, you know, get the get the band back together for a bit of a laugh. But, I mean, it's just, it's too... Ramshackle. I mean, here is the one thing that you would say, given their sort of too much success on. in their solo projects or double projects, as the Neptunes might be, um, is it possible that, you know, like they're kind of throwing everything at the wall on this record? And then mm. what sticks is what they're going to take away to their own sort of ventures from here onwards. I don't think that they whittle things down. I you think see- they actually just threw everything out. Yeah, like I think go. I think it's a real like it's not thought through in that way whatsoever, and um, it kind of lives and dies by whether or not you want to jump on board with them, just kind of going with the flow. Um, yeah, I can't, uh, There's a lack of edge as well, which I, I think is annoying. I think that they could have a spike and a level of aggression married with pop sensibilities, and that's absent. It's just too loose and too. There's there's songs here that sound like fucking John Mayer like just walked in one day and was like, <laughs> "Hey lads, good to see you." John Mayer can occasionally do some okay stuff. Yeah, he can. Uh, like yeah. Apex being him playing on Saturday Night Live with Frank, Frank Ocean. Ocean yeah. That's just absolutely magical. But no, this I know what you mean. No, yeah, magic. There's the word. There's no magic here. This right, it, it feels it feels too uh, homogenized, and I'm giving it four out of ten. Yeah, I'm going to deduct marks as well because the cover is horrible and they use an underscore no one and no one ever really dies. So yeah, I'll give it a six and a half. I'll give it a five. It's just too messy to go any higher than that. Okay, one more album to go, and it's by Charlie XCX. More of a mixtape, Pop 2. Sounds a bit like this. That's Backseat featuring Carly Rae Jepsen. It's the opening track and it kind of instantly became a bit of an all-timer for a lot of people and I'm one of them. I think this is, it's a fantastic pop song. And yet again, here's yet another example of Charlie X being one of the more interesting voices in pop music. She did an interview with Vulture around the time of this release and she was saying, I don't know if I'll ever put out a traditional album ever again. I'm happy doing what I'm doing. I might just become a songwriter for hire and go from there. And I mean, even that song Backseat and some of the other ones on this, they actually remind me of a track of hers called Nuclear Seasons from uh, an early EP of hers, which no one ever really talks about, even though it's one of her best songs. She remains hard to pin down and unpredictable and razor sharp. And I think that Pop 2 speaks to that as well. A lot of people have kind of listened to this record and focused on how, you know, the pop that we're getting is kind of futuristic and slightly deconstructed and so on and so forth. I think that's burying the lead. I think you touched on it there. I think we're hearing and seeing almost the deconstructed pop star of the future here. Somebody who's actually followed through with those statements of, you know, the album isn't everything in music anymore. Somebody who is actually viewing their career not so much as, you know, a one-person journey, but almost as a project in itself. I mean, this album is produced 
bought, or in the in large part at least, by A.G. Cook, who's kind of her go-to guy. He's not just her go-to guy, right? He has a title. He is creative director of Charlie XCX. Her, li- now, Charlie, her whole life? But, but <laughs> this, this, this is the point, you see. Charlotte Hutchinson, is that her name? Yes. Yeah. Like, she doesn't have a creative director, but Charlie XCX does, because Charlie XCX oh. is not her anymore. It's a project. It's a almost a, project. Yeah, it's a movement. Yeah. Oh, God, so it's like it's a songwriting company. It's a production it's studio. It's a pop star when it wants to be. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, she'll sing when she fancies, and if she doesn't, she'll give most of the song over to a guest artist. It's, it's a very new way of kind of assaulting this. You know, we went into this year thinking we might get an album. Instead, we got two mixtapes. Yeah. Frankly, if they keep coming out at that rate, then yeah, why bother putting out an album? So it's not a case of when she's sat at home on the sofa and she's having a bowl of Cocoa Pops. He's like, Cocoa Pops, not very creative. I, I, think, I think that's just a life coach you're describing. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, what, what I think we actually have gotten is two great albums. I mean, they are albums, but yes, totally in the approach in, I guess, her philosophy. And I guess in the fact that them them being mixtapes and there's not a huge amount of pressure on her, yeah. it's made them better albums, you know, that kind of way. And, um, I mean, this is somehow even better than uh, Number One Angel, I think. Yeah, no, I, I, I put it above it as well. It's yeah, like, I, I really think overall this. it's a stronger set. Um, I think it's PC music's kind of real coming of age. Uh, like, none of the kind of gimmickry that was kind of inflecting a lot of their productions is really here. They just have a very definitive genre now of what they're doing and A.G. Cook um, does some terrific work on here Sophie and she is brilliant as well I mean very kind of she's now nailed down a lot of themes that she's just burrowing into and it's very kind of post-pop post-modern deconstructing gender deconstructing kind of our roles in society there's a song here like Fembot is essentially her like it's a step on from something like Baby Girl which she had in the last one and it's she's kind of messing with voices she's very commanding and you've got these gleaming pop melodies that are just so like confident and such immediate things to drag you in but then there's layers it's it's brilliant it's it's my album of the year (laughs) (laughs) she's extremely uh, unselfish I mean like this is like you know she's a pop playmaker now she's just like giving these amazing assists over to, yeah, to yeah, other yeah, yeah. artists. Some of whom, Andres Iniesta. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's, that's perfect. I was trying to think of someone, that's who it is. Yeah, yes. She's the Andres Brilliant. Iniesta of pop music. Because, I mean, like, you know, she can bring in big, huge names like Carly Rae Jepsen and, like, Tove Lo, And then she can bring back Cullum's favourite, Cupcake, for, oh, yeah. for a track here and there. <laughs> she can also, like, close this album by, by just calling the 10th the track, Track 10. Yeah. And it's still a banger that, you know, she'll have a great title. She's, she's reconstructing and deconstructing the art form of pop music. And it's really fascinating to watch. And also... It's a happy accident. Fuck you to Bono. (laughs) A little bit. And I mean, like, you have to wonder what we're going to get next. Because, I mean, Boys, which was released in, I think, July of last year, was supposed to be like the first single from the forthcoming album. Oh, yeah. Now, granted, that album had had a first single about nine months previous to that with After the After Party, which was then scrapped from the record, apparently. Uh, she said that there was going to be two mixtapes this year and then perhaps the record. Now we wonder whether that's going to happen at all. But like I say, 
it's not a complaint necessarily. She seemed to be having um, like there was a, for a long time the discussion was okay. She's co-written and featured on a lot of big pop songs. She hasn't quite done it with herself in very central in the spotlight, and it was kind of like yeah. That next album is going to be very important in terms of placing her as someone that should be, you know, scoring big radio hits and blah, 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 blah. She's totally sidestepped that and changed the narrative now with these two mixtapes. Give it a number. Um, are we out of time? Yeah, I will time. give it an 8. 8. 8.5 maybe. Cool. Yeah, I'd give it an 8. I'll go 8 as well. I saw somebody say that it was a great argument for not publishing your end of your list too soon. And I think that that's true. It's great. Get it into your ears. It's not the album of 2017, but it's not really an album. So. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, uh, let's get a blast of a few songs that have come out in the past seven days, starting uh, with a, a, a demo, a free a release on SoundCloud from Azealia Banks. This is called Icy Colors Change. Some shade beneath the fading tree of all the season's jewels. It took one arm left to to fall in love with you. The bins is but a beige. I whip that bins like what a slave. Got that good, good, make you wanna stay home for the holiday. This that flow you've been missing, dashing young vixen. Uh, yeah, an artist who's probably made more headlines for uh, reasons nothing to do with music, frankly, uh, than her output itself, Azealia Banks, uh, starting the year on the right foot, Craig? Yeah, well, this is kind of her, you know, festive Mariah Carey moment, I guess, <laughs> and it's part of her whole, you know, I'm not a dreadful person, everyone, please like me again thing. And very sure, she's talked about um, having mental health problems she's apologized to beyonce which is very important for everyone yeah. um that we're all constantly apologizing to beyonce um and she's been talking about how like the character of azealia banks if we're talking about characters has kind of risen from the ashes and um actually been endorsed in that message by conor mcgregor um so she's well on her way to a comeback jesus this- oh yeah because he's the model of consistency <laughs> at this point Same. isn't he this for me and she stopped i think killing chickens i don't know but anyway <laughs> <laughs> Let's try to focus on the music, shall we? This, for me, is production-wise, very simplistic, um, not all that interesting, um, very lightweight, but she's sounding good, and I think there's enough here to suggest maybe she's starting to rebuild things. Yeah, I, I go along with that. Yeah. It's fairly lightweight. It's decent. It's all right. It's fine. It's, uh, yeah, I think uh, fine might be the... One of the things that I worry about is, like, I'm, I mean, I'm always convinced that you know, when it comes to somebody who maybe courts controversy every now and then, your level of success and the quality of your output has to be sort of in proportion with the level of outrage you're causing. Yeah. Otherwise, you trip yourself up. And it's like, how good is this? Uh, you know, how, how much controversy will she be able to balance out using this song? Not a lot, I think. So I don't, think, I don't know if it's going to save her in that respect. I mean, the truth is that... Her ability to be a massive star might be, you know, forever impinged on because of, you know, some of her opinions and some of her past actions and perhaps future actions. Maybe just making music, putting it out in SoundCloud and having something of a slow rebuild is the right move right now. Yeah, I think so. Because if she can do this for a while and perhaps step up and particularly hold focus, because even Broke with Expensive Taste, in my opinion, was always just a little bit too distracted for its own good. If she can actually concentrate on her music from here on out, uh, 
you know, something positive will come of this because the song itself, I mean, it's fine, but it's not going to be uh, relaunching her career anytime soon. Her career is over. <laughs> I am oh, declaring it. it. I'm, I'm calling. I'm calling time on the career of Azealia Banks. You're done. It's over. This song sucks. Really? It's so boring. So boring. And she sounds like, yeah, okay, she's up for it. But I'm like, what is that fucking chorus melody? <laughs> what is it? Like, it's like, it's like, a, like a, an ad for Iceland or something. It's her Mariah Carey moment. <laughs> We've discussed this <laughs> thing. Like, why? <laughs> like, I mean, like, it, it doesn't... Now, in fairness, this is like a demo she threw up online. So but it sounds like someone else's song that she just picked up the lyrics but for and was like, hey, do that. It doesn't sound like her at all. We okay. Yeah, uh, I know what you mean. When yes. we all used to work for a certain music magazine, mm-hmm. she was on the cover of like the Hot for 2012 issue or something. Yeah. And it was like a big deal. It was like ho- off the back of 212. Mm. And it was like, this could be the next big thing. And exciting, like like interesting voice. Where is she going to go? And I've never seen so much wasted potential. Yeah, I absolutely agree. But you see, here's the thing. I mean, like, I wouldn't necessarily declare her career over. I think certainly, you know. Six she's, years on? Well, I mean, she's not going to be a festival headliner this summer or even next summer yeah. if we're talking about that. But. You know, SoundCloud rap and and that sort of area might be her level for now. Well, and I, I don't she, think I she think can't she's build actually up already from there. sorted out a kind of a, a label and a proper home base, and she seems to be putting like the pieces back together. So there seems like there there might be a proper relaunch. Um, it, it's all dependent on her attitude, I think. I mean, the talent is there. Now, granted, yeah, like as I say, as a production, as a song, I mean, this is pretty much nothing. But I think her as a, a musical artist still has a lot to give. It's just depending on whether she can do it and apply herself, I guess. Okay, so from uh, a possible dead career uh, to possibly two of the uh, most shining prospects uh, that are out there right now, Kendrick Lamar and SZA already tearing it up, um, but they have combined for a track called All the Stars. Sounds like this. Yeah, it's bound for a Marvel movie, not normally where you'd turn for your banging tunes. <laughs> well, as a said. matter of fact, Kendrick Lamar is curating and producing the album, the soundtrack to Black Panther. He absolutely is, yeah. yeah. And Cha-ching! They've said themselves, well, they've nice said themselves it's the first time that they've ever kind of commissioned original songs, particularly for a movie. Um, this is the first one that we've heard from it. Yeah, I mean, movie soundtracks always have to be taken with a bit of a pinch of salt. It's like a friendly match, isn't it? A little bit, but as friendly matches go, this seems all right. I mean, it's no kiss from a rose, but (laughs) it's no homie throw me, kiss me, kill me. Uh, I like it. Yeah, as as film, yeah, as film songs go, this is good. This is good. She's particularly good on this. She is. The chorus melody is really electric and it hits you straight away. And I am intrigued to see what he will do with the soundtrack because the thing about the Marvel movies is they're all very similar. They're all they all kind of do the same thing over and over again, and it works because you know the box office receipts will out, but. Music-wise, they they just haven't established any any real signatures. I mean, there's a really good video. There's a YouTube channel called Every uh, Every Frame of Painting, and it's actually unfortunately recently uh, officially closed oh, yeah. down because the two lads who run it are just too busy, and they're both editors. And um, one of their videos is called like the Marvel Symphonic Universe, and it has like six or seven million views, went viral. And basically, they go they go to people on the street in Toronto, I think, 
and they're like if i say the name of a film can you give me like the signature theme and they're like james bond and like people like do it star wars people do it and like so on so jaws people do it and then they're like captain america sure uh, and they're like uh and like the only one that anyone could know was Spider-Man this is before Spider-Man was announced coming back because for whatever reason despite the fact that Marvel spend money and bring in producers they've had like the likes of Danny Elfman and others on their on their movies as as composers they just haven't established that personality now granted Kendrick isn't doing the score for this movie mm. he's likely just going to oversee um, perhaps a Charlie X, uh, XCXL situation where he calls in his mates to do different things. And Not very often. It's himself and Top Dog, actually. So, yeah, yeah, and the film itself, it I mean, is, is predominantly like uh, black cast, African mm-hmm. set, and which is a gamble for, for Marvel and hopefully it will pay off. And it, it represents something a, a, of a cultural sea change. Uh, Ryan Coogler, the director of Creed, is taking it on. So this could be a great thing. If Kendrick takes it seriously. Yeah. Like, this does a really good job. Uh, you know those, you know, leading film, you know, big blockbuster songs where it's a bit fake and it's kind of universal and there's a soaring chorus. This is that, but kind of a bit of substance and a, good, a really good performance, as Dave says, from SZA. Uh, it's almost like, I mean, we were comparing her to maybe like last year's Frank Ocean. And certainly on this, it's like her performance is a bit distant but still very very engaging and it drags you into this kind of otherwise not mind-blowing production i mean i do like what they do with it being a kind of cold robotic salt and pepper talk about sex thing yeah like there's a good interpolation of that i was gonna um, say kenrick th- is a bit weak but it's all right yeah i think he's okay i think they go together well yeah which, yeah, which is an important thing as well because you know when you talk about film soundtracks and the like you can often get situations where it's just like take two big names and shove them together sure for the yeah, sake yeah no, they, they definitely vibe yeah, yeah this definitely doesn't have that and while i can't say i'm a huge expert in the marvel movies uh i know from their uh, tv series or whatever on netflix that luke cage which was another film or another series that was very much you know rooted in black culture uh did a far better job uh, soundtrack wise than uh, Daredevil or Jessica Jones or anything else they put out. So, signs are decent for this, I think. Yeah, gap in the market for sure, and like, you know, go into one of the more interesting names around. So, good start. Yeah. Good song. And not often we say we're interested to hear what a soundtrack's going to be like, but uh, that could be one uh, worth keeping an ear out for uh, start of February, I believe. And yeah, another collaboration this week. Uh, We've got Michigan's own Borns featuring Lana Del Rey. We see nothing but the green lights spinning, spinning, and we can't sit still. Spinning, spinning, and we can't sit still. God save, God save our young blood. God save our young blood. Hot pavement, hot wheels in the sun. Craig, that's your one fact about Bournes. I was about to ask you who the hell he is. What else? You, what else you got? Um, he is, I believe, about twenty-five, and he's a bit androgynous and makes a, a thing of that. Mm-hmm. As you can probably hear from the vocal Scandinavian O thing going on. No, I, I don't think no? you pronounce it. No, I think it's his, oh, his it's surname doesn't have the yeah. okay. Um But yeah, I, no, I, I do actually know a couple of things. I mean, the the guy has released um, a debut album already, Dopamine, which I think was a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and has been kind of trailing this album, which should. should be out in January sometime. It's out this uh, next week. Next okay, Friday. great. And he's managed to call um, upon an absolute superstar. Yeah, for the future. yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a pull. Um, and do you know what? This is a bit of a mess. Uh, there's a few clumsy gear changes, 
But I like that chorus, and I like her. Like, she's kind of doing her cooing Lana Del Rey on autopilot thing. I quite like it. It reminds me so much of Lord's Greenlight. In oh, terms yeah, okay. of you're just like, where did that chorus yeah, come from? Yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're, like you say, it's a gear change, literally. Um, again, though, the chorus is good. It's kind of like all the constituent parts here work. I'm just not sure they all fit together as they should. But yeah, I kind of enjoyed it, to be honest. I didn't think of Greenlight, thankfully, because that song was trash. Like but, that uh, song. Very much like that song. I guess this one is obnoxious too, in its way. <laughs> and it does sound, I mean, like, as you kind of allude to their comb, it does sound like almost like a bunch of stems for other songs yeah. remixed by a bedroom producer or something. But it's engaging. And I, it's the first I've heard of this character, and it's enough to make me want to hear a little bit more. And I like Lana on it as well. Although, Craig, I, I wonder, are you a bit of a, an easy sell for Lana these days? I mean, that's probably a, a fair accusation to throw at me. But no, I, I think there's something weirdly... There's something that keeps drawing me back to this, and it's not particularly her vocals. It's just, yeah, I do think that switch up and then the melody on the chorus, there's something about it. Um, now, that said, I don't know what that means for him and his future prospects. Is this just one-off? How much of an input did Lana actually have? Because, like, to be honest, his performance and certainly his vocals don't really engage me all that much. Right. I mean, do they work for you? Is he, you know, Not, does he feel like a captiva- captivating presence for you? I wonder if he's distinctive enough. But then yeah. again, this is one track, and again, he's brought a very distinctive voice. Yeah, on this is company. something like he's very much overshadowed by that kind of Lana specter of cooing vocals and all. As you would expect to yeah. be, especially if you're kind of new to the game and. You have to think that this song bounces into a lot of people's ears who've never heard of him before simply because of the feature. And that's probably part of the point. And you've got to wonder in that regard, could he have done a better job on his own behalf? Is the song a bit too meandering? Probably not. And probably yes. Uh, it's <laughs> it's fine. Like, it's it, it, it's decent. It's it's fine. It, it's inoffensive pop. Yeah, and it definitely feels like a trailer for a record. So it makes sense that it would arrive nine days before you get the whole shebang. A perfect circle trailing record for the first time in 14 years I think yeah. Disillusioned was the track that they dropped sounds like this Time to put the silicone obsession down Take a look around Find a way in the silence Lies to hide away with your back to the ground Yeah, I've just checked it, it's 14 years. Um, we don't know when we're getting the album yet, we don't know what it's called, but that... Uh, is uh, the second tune that we've heard it is. from it. We've, we did the previous one, The Doomed. Mm-hmm. Maynard James Keenan uh, teased via Twitter that he'd be uh, releasing a, a special treat for people to ring in the new year. And it turned Incredible. out to be, turned out to be uh, this six-minute disillusion track. Now, I estimate that I've heard this song over 30 times in the last few days. Uh, I'm a big A Perfect Circle fan. I'm a, I love A Perfect Circle. There's just there's something about them that I, I absolutely adore. I prefer them to Tool. I know a lot of people think that that's a ridiculous thing to say, but I do. I can't wait for this album, and I'm wondering if I, if I have to start tempering my expectations a little bit now, because The Doomed, I liked, but, I mean, <laughs> the accusations of ridiculous lyrics fall pretty strongly. And he's playing a similar furrow here. This song is a bit too sprawling for its own good, I think, in as much as I, I like it a lot, I really do, but I kept waiting for it to just become this special, magical thing, and it never did. 
it's got the same problems as the first track, I think, in that it really doesn't build up to a head of steam in the way you think it's going to. It's right. it's very light. It's pleasant. Um, but yeah, it kind of... It do, like it's epic only in I think length and um, not being afraid to include lots of silences and not a lot of stuff happening. It doesn't really it meanders and does nothing for me. To I must be say honest, the cynical side of me kind of enjoys the fact that it starts off with that kind of slightly defeatist tone and then <laughs> refuses to change it. You know, I mean, because I'm so tired now of songs where the third verse kind of goes, but if we all try and if we change, the world can be a better place. And here it's just like, nah, just keep going with that mournful piano, man. It's all I got over. A, but I think I got a glimmer of hope from this song. There was occasionally, there, there was especially like the guitar flourishes, I thought, you know, you were like, oh, here we, no, 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 no. Piano just underpinning everything. Man. Yeah, and like, if it was our first kind of slice of the new stuff, I'd be like okay but coupled with the doom i'm just like it all feels a bit leaden and i was never a big perfect circle guy the flip side completely to dave i mean tool just such a terroringly incredible band who god knows if they'll ever release an album (laughs) by all accounts it's the rest of them that are the problem they're just like crazy people that keep changing every single part um so we'll never know can we'll I just say, one day, well, I've always thought of you as the complete flip side to me. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow we make it work, I'm glad you finally said it. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't think we're ever going to see another Tool album as long as we live. Uh, so I'll take what I can get. Well, he's talked about going like into the studio and the other guys are just there still working and stuff. And then he'll do, like, he'll sing a melody and do lyrics and do a performance and then come back like three years later, like having put in like three years on his vineyard. And he'll be, be like... Well, this is a completely different song. Guys, what have you been doing? And they're just like, oh, oh you're back, are you? <laughs> Do you reckon he was like, fine, I'll go and resurrect my other band? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What so about kill also, time? are his vocals great on this? I don't know. They feel a bit weak. Like, usually it's that, that amazing kind of like, he sounds like he should be transported out of some ancient Greek saga thing. And yeah, like, really empowered. This is very... Yeah, tame. It's I, all a lot. It's very tame. Yeah, Maybe it's a per- I think it was meant to sound a bit resigned, though. Uh, I think that know. if it sounded too But usually he sounds and, like gargantuanly resigned. Sure. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. He needed some of Bono's rage <laughs> yeah. in there. It felt a little one-man show in a small theatre. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. And I say, and, and I... Wow. I, I have, Stop your war machine. I have... <laughs> I have oh, my God. I, I have so much love and uh, hope for A Perfect Circle. I... I really am looking forward to the album. I hope this all makes sense when it comes together. But yeah, it's it's not it's not the magical comeback I wanted yet, and we'll see. But speaking I, of comebacks, yeah, I, that I, one I, one that I didn't want. I can't <laughs> offer you a perfect circle album details, but I can offer you details on a new album from the Vaccines. Hooray! Right, back, that's back, called, back. <laughs> Jesus. That's called, that's called I Can't Quit. Oh, I boy. wish they did. I wish they did. Craig, on the other hand, you, you're a bit of a fan. For why? Am I a bit of a fan? You I like, fucking I dragged like, me. I like dragged Wrecking me Bar very much. You drive me to um, the vaccines out of expecting one year. And, then you're and like, they're a decent life proposition. Get well into it. I'll tell you what. 
I liked the last album because English Graffiti, Mm -hmm. it was a bit different to the first two, which was very... I think the kind of indie landfill term was made for them. They were very much... The moment it passed and the vaccines turned up and they were like enemies, last kind of great hope or whatever, and they didn't really have any songs bar that one, which was about a minute and a half long. On the last record, they got a bit more kind of languorous. They introduced some uh, like kind of more acoustic balladry type stuff. They got a bit experimental and a few American influences. And... and it was a decent record and I thought actually maybe they could step into a kind of Maccabee style role. Mm-hmm. Like there seemed to be the potential for something a bit more and a bit more interesting. And on the basis of this, nope, they've gone back to the garage and banging out just an inconsequential load of naff. I remember doing <laughs> Yeah. I did an interview before the English graffiti and I mean you hit the nail on the head to be honest, because they said, look, you know, we had this reputation as a kind of a plug and play three chord yeah. wonder and we really tried to shake that off with I think there'd been an E P before that and then yeah, the last album. They worked with Dave Friedman from yep. Mercury Rev, yep. who does like flaming lip stuff, so you know a little experimental, pretty different, as it were. And then you get this, which is just so painting by numbers, indie landfill, like you say. Oh, it's, I saw. It's disappointing. It's genuinely upsetting. Laura Snape's uh, writer for Pitchfork and The Guardian put out a tweet and she said, uh, I see the vaccines have released their song again. Yeah. Which I greatly enjoyed. It, it, it is. I mean, put them on a double bill tour with the Wombats here ah, because. It's funny you say that because last <coughs> night while walking home or while listening to this track, I went, Oh, you know what? I really like that Wombat song that was out a couple months ago. I'm going to throw that on instead. <laughs> and I put on, uh, what was it? Lemon to a Lemon Knife. Lemon to a Knife Fight. I Better song than this. Fighter, Better yeah. song than this. Yeah, like they're clearly going for just a bit of a, you know, endorphin rush, rush kind of catchy, just immediately hooky, you know, basic guitar rock song, which when done well, and it's done well so infrequently now, <laughs> is an amazing thing. Play it the darts. Those days are kind of, it's just over, like. Yeah. It's just, when was the last time there was a song like a kind of, like a Von Bondi's Come On, Come On, or something where you were just like, do you know what, this is very simple, but all the component parts work really well, and it's a knockout. The Wombat's Lemon to a Knife Fight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you know what I mean? This is what we're dealing with. Guitar Rock is dead. 2018. Don't fucking, don't you It's over. The dream is dead. All right. Try your commerce in the bin. Well, uh, to, to refute that, Dave, what else have you been listening well, to? Because I, I know you to, have. I haven't been listening to guitar music. Uh, I, was listening to I haven't been listening to guitar music. So, okay. Uh, yeah, I fucking I re- I very rarely dip into the bag of things I get sent via you know my promotions tab in my email. Like normally, I just like I don't have time. Not listen to it if I haven't heard of it. I'm Go very away. Busy. I'm very busy, man. Uh, but I was a very uh, depressed man over Christmas because I don't like Christmas. It's not a fun time. And I was like, fuck it. I want to hear something new. So I took a punt on a band called Typhoon. They're an indie band from some part of America. This is their fourth album. They appear to have a chief songwriter um, whose name escapes me at the moment. But there's like eleven people in the band or something. This album is called Offerings. It comes out next week on the 12th. And if you like the Antlers and Bright Eyes and a bit of Melancholy and avant-garde concept albums, give it a go. Uh, the avant-garde concept thing in question, I mean, this is a, the, the press release, which is quite lengthy, um, not as comical as the Justin Timberlake one, does reference David Lynch and Fellini's Eight and a Half and all kinds of stuff that you might <laughs> expect it to when it's got, for an album that has a bit of notions, I suppose. But the concept in question is about a man losing his memories, and it's, as I say, melancholic in a way. But it's quite 
ornate and quite lovely realized in, in a lot of places and it really kind of hit me and granted it hit me at a time when I was kind of struggling with mental health but there's one track on it and it's the closing track it's called Sleep and it fucking knocked me out it was like the first great song of 2018 that I heard and it really blew me away now it's just under 13 minutes long and it doesn't need to be because it's one of those tracks that like hits a point five minutes in and then has a long like thing and then it right, comes back right. in for a big finish and the big finish in this case is kind of an interesting almost broken social scene style uh, sing along bit but the first five minutes or so are just knockout like it's a lonely acoustic guitar and really kind of modeling kind of stuff but in a, in a really evocative powerful way and there's a line there's a lyric where he says um, now is the time the last life laugh, uh, the last life raft is leaving my mind and I was like Jesus that's a really fucking poetic and powerful and painful uh, thing right there and executed very very well so if I have somehow managed to uh, make that sound appealing the band once again are a band called Typhoon the album's called Offerings it's clearly very low-key indie and it'll drop next Friday so give it a go if you want yeah I've just been playing a bit of catch up with some of 2017's kind of more lauded stuff and um, not guitar rock electronic stuff um, Blank Mass's World Leader which is noise kind of electronic stuff it's Benjamin John Power from Fuck Buttons um, but it's it's abrasively um, enjoyable actually strangely it's a bit like taking a big huff of Vicks Vapor Rub which I've been doing also because I've had the <laughs> flu and Jalen's Black Origami which is um, a bit of a mind scramble it's very very intelligent electronic stuff and it's great as well so those are two that people have probably already heard but they're great I've been doing a tiny little bit of catch up uh, of 2017 as well however uh, the biggest problem is that my New Year's resolution has been to learn Norwegian Oh yeah, so, how's that going? So, well, most, basically most of the time that I haven't been listening to the albums we discussed today, I've been on like Geolingo or Babbel or one of those. They've can literally you, um, been giving out to me as we've been recording this can show. Can you give us go, a blast of Norwegian? Uh, for then go with it. I don't know, what's it's, that mean? two words. It's a bit of a how are you, three words. Ah, oh, okay, right. Yeah. It's going to be a slow process, lads. Fair enough. We'll we'll, we'll check in throughout the year. We'll see how it goes. And maybe you can review an album in Norwegian. I was going to say, by the time we do No Encore Live in Oslo in 2019, I should should have it down. Big plans. Uh, Craig, Albus Oil, by the way, I I recommended that to you instead of the Vicks Vaker. Oh, yeah. And I I actually had some room. We discussed this and it was uh, out of date. date, And I tried it and I got a bit of a head rush. And it was very enjoyable. So thanks for that, Dave. I'd like to think that the show itself is a bit of a head rush. It is. And thanks for listening, listeners. Thanks. Thanks, Craig and Colin, for coming in today and working with me in this great show that we do together. And uh, as always, we will close out with some new Irish music. Now, again, we're catching up on some of the stuff that we missed at the end of the year. And one person in particular that we kind of missed talking about was Mango. We even missed his launch party because we were doing our Chris. On the same fucking night. And I really wanted to go as well. And by all accounts, it was great. So Mango is a former guest of the show. He was a big hit when he was on. And he's a bit of a local scene champion. He's kind of taken grime to the mainstream. And he is a fucking fantastic um, MC. If you've never heard him before, you're going to right now because he and Mathman dropped the Wheel Up EP at the end of, or sorry it started December I should say but I'm still listening to it at the end of December start of January because it's really really good well worth your time and the track that we're going to play is called Buzzin my name is Dave Hanready this has been the Encore there will be no Encore and this is Mango with Buzzin Stop your crying Cut you blind Said he got mats on the line Cut that shit like a chopping lines Must have lost your mind Try to copy mine With my flow Just swap the rhymes And then the first of the dope That would rock the rhyme But this spot is mine Cause I've earned it My company flow With enter and burners My missy got a big goop But you work it Put the thing down Now flip from a person Push like perfect Stat of the wave Those muppets surface Around about MCs Nobody's heard of Never talk MC Michael with a murder Oh wait Don't put
You know, real bodies, they don't like snakes. Don't need no cosigns, I'm straight. No copy crack rap that I wait. In fact, that shit gets me, I wait. And I'm a gun on a session or a studio session. That's five months and five grace, so I told him. Once you got that whole city buzzing. Two phones, call your brothers, call your cousins. Three strikes on me, got him by the dozen. This for anyone who thinks I'm fucking buzzing. Once you got that whole city buzzing. Two phones, call your brothers, call your cousins. Three strikes on me, got him by the dozen. This for anyone who thinks I'm fucking buzzing. Fuck you looking at? You little fucking rats, have them out up the flats. You never been up the flats, for gazy shit, I don't know for that. For gazy takes and they're up the clash. You crazy kid, you're not up the scratch. Don't make me dish out a couple facts, like. You must think we're stupid, think we care, you kill it. Give a father's real that may say what you want, but we all know what the truth is. Think you're legit, cause a few hits, loose lips, got a kid looking foolish. But it's really easy being ruthless, wreck your head like what you gonna do, kid? It ain't just rap to me. Not just a bit of crack to me I've been everything that I've had to be I've been everything that you kinda be Done everything for my family Took no handouts, never had degrees And you never done a day's work in your whole life So what the fuck you gonna yap to me? So you can do that shit for the check Get retweets with no respect Come on man, what did you expect? You could take the piss, never get checked Jesus wet, the fucking neck Your whole soul man has been done to death This rap music never got used to it Michael, I wanna show you how to come correct Cause I got that once you got that whole city buzzing Two phones, call your brothers, call your cousins Three strikes on me, got them by the dozen This for anyone who thinks I'm fucking buzzing Once you got that whole city buzzing Two phones, call your brothers, call your cousins Three strikes on me, got them by the dozen This for anyone who thinks I'm fucking buzzing This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Enjoy! Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot, Neil. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.